This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk. Real Talk. This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk. Real Talk. <laughs> and welcome to a very special new edition of the Real Talk Podcast. As oh, always, man, I am your host, Jesse Jones, a.k.a. the Holy Cadre. And we have the saying he's a repented and reformed liar, but I, nobody believes him because nobody knows why liars lie. He is the unrepented Judas, J. Jordan. Champions. <laughs> national champion while liars lie. <laughs> national national champion, by the way. And of course, we, all, yes. we have we have the man who shoots Three down everybody. We have the man who shoots down everybody who knows how who knows how to put a cap in somebody, whether it be holy or not. He is the one and only God's bullet, JC Wallace. What's good, Doc? What up, Doc? Yo, yo, yo. So before we get started, do me a favor. Everybody who's watching, we appreciate y'all for watching. Please like this video, comment on this video, share this video. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, please subscribe to the, the Real Talk YouTube channel or please subscribe or follow the Real Talk podcast on Facebook, either or or both. That'd be great. There's some new things going to be going down this year, especially as it relates to the Real Talk YouTube channel. I plan on doing some uh, some interviews on the Real Talk YouTube channel since, you know, Interviews is starting to get really hot and trying to get my own little Cat Williams interview going on with somebody. I, I got you, Jesse. <laughs> I got some juice and tea I want to spill. Nah, 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 nah. We want truth. Well, I guess I guess it couldn't necessarily be true because Cat told a whole lot of lies. We're going to get into that in just a minute. I got you. Before, I we do, before we do any of that, let's go ahead. And I, I, I promised him I would do this. We're going to go ahead and give... The unrepented Judas. Can you change my name? Tizzle, tizzle two or three minutes. Yeah, I put I put it to what it should be. Uh, <laughs> he tried to have Jay Jordan up there like we won't go put the unrepented Judas right. like he's supposed to be. <laughs> Brandy. Michigan uh, one don't mean you getting treated any differently. Right. <laughs> we gonna go ahead and allow him to to have his little two or three minutes of uh, gloating and, and and you know whatever. So go ahead, Judas. Go ahead, put everybody to sleep real quick before we get started. I just want to say. We're the champions. The national champion. When the last time Florida State won a national championship, Jesse? We ain't talking about Florida when State. But, uh, all right, you keep you keep playing. You go. I ain't gonna do your your little. This is just for when you. When the last time Ohio State won a national champion? Oh, we got new fights on now. We got new fights on. We swag, sir. This one you get. What about swag, sir? <laughs> <laughs> we can't pass. We can't walk it out. But anyway, I just want to let everybody know. You uh, right thank here. you to all the little people. We, we want to thank all the little people. We want to thank all of uh, Ohio State for being so terrible, and and Ryan Day for letting JJ come to Michigan. We also want to thank Florida State because we could have beat them too, even more decisive. But you let Georgia had them handle that. Alabama. Oh, see, we want to thank Florida State, see. Iowa, we want to thank y'all. We were the best team in the nation this year, hands down. And all this thing about cheating, 
and, and, and lying. That's just what y'all did. Y'all did a whole lot of cheating. We didn't cheat. Ain't no proving that we cheated. Just because they found some tapes and some stuff I on think the laptop. That's why he got suspended. They found stuff on Bin Laden's <laughs> laptop too. You mean come on? This Everybody ain't done got stuff on laptop. Huh? This ain't done. This ain't done yet. <laughs> Is it burning yet? It is now. Is you finished? It is, is now. That's that's just. I'm just that, want to let everybody know we want to thank all of the Michigan faithful. No, no, all we, we, we done with that now. We, we don't care. We don't care nothing about Michigan. We gave them their 30 seconds. That's about all they get. 30 seconds. You know, it's been, we, it's, we it's been 45 years. years since they've done anything relevant since Ty Law been there now. And now. 46. Yeah, 46, 46 years since he's been since since they've done anything relevant since Ty Law's been there, and it'll be another 46 before they do anything and else what relevant. And what have the Cowboys so, done lately? It's we keep we keep fun. everybody's name in their mouth. The only reason Michigan is relevant is because Ohio State plays y'all. We won. We won. That's if Ohio we're, State we're didn't play y'all, nobody would know who Michigan is. What we're going to go ahead and move on. We're winning this program at all across football. That means we got more nobody wins know, And yet nobody knows or cares. 1,005 wins. And yet nobody knows or cares. Many people care. People talk about Many. Bobby Bowden more than they talk about Michigan. No, just 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 for the rest, just you know, you know what Bobby Bowden doing right now. You know you know what Bobby Bowden doing right now. Bobby Bowden's trying not to try not to be unalive right now. That's Bobby Bowden's dude. He he is <laughs> being ate by Max. Oh, he is old. Anyway, he's been he's been swatted by flies. Let's go ahead and get out of this Michigan talk. Let's get on here for what we just what we purpose to do. And, and, and you know yes, we got uh, a campus uh, in heaven. Eric, right? this is a special edition episode today that we doing today. We dropping on special. This stuff was too hot and going on too much and too much on us for us to wait for our normally scheduled programming. And we uh, had to drop so, it like it was hot. Yeah, so uh, I appreciate well, everybody for jumping on and keep jumping on, huh? Yeah, Flan's watching. Well, no, she's she a Michigan fan. No, she ain't. Uh, yeah, she she is from Chicago. she's from Chicago, Illinois. They do not like Michigan. Big mama on here, Ashanti. She on here. Your baby mama's on here. <laughs> here he go. He's starting already. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's not allowed to be a Michigan fan. Stay in this house. Anyway, so we go. <laughs> Ooh, we go the juice is already on. coming out, y'all. Bucket <laughs> Williams. Anyways, Where's Eric? That's the real interview we need. We need Eric. Eric. Eric is in here, and no, we ain't going back that way. Listen, I purpose to make sure that even the reels I did uh, didn't, it's didn't, in the mail, didn't, didn't touch that. We <laughs> need said, Eric over said, there. Where my money? My baby mama, so, she's in the kitchen. So let's go on ahead and uh, jump right into this. Baby mama, make the, the noise. The only way you have. Let me let me let me make sure I can get my intro in because he's talking too much. The only way, uh, <laughs> the only way you'll know about what's going on with this first topic we're dealing with is if you have been under a rock. You don't like comedy. You don't like television. I need a brighter ring YouTube. light. Let me order one while we're on here. Go ahead. My bad. <laughs> so let, let's let's dig into this infamous. Con- the name of the episode today is controversy. We only dealing with with our topics. We only deal with some controversial stuff that's going on. In particular, we start with Cat Williams and his interview. So, yeah, I know both of y'all saw it. We have we have made numerous jokes about yet. it. You ain't seen the full three hours, really? Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I was about to say you like three times. <laughs> <laughs> 
because you you saw it, it was it was it was texting me while I was still while I was in the midst of watching it. Let's just say I'm glad that that came out last week because we started our social media blackout, which this does not count. I just so happen to stream this to my page. That's that's the other reason I was trying to make sure that we got it in today because I saw that you were doing a blackout. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm just glad that all that dropped, uh, you know, beforehand. What I'm not glad about is this Jonathan Major stuff dropping while I'm on my break. People sending me stuff. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my goodness! <laughs> but while we talk about that real quick, uh, Shanti, you got me. You you gonna be my Coretta? Still Coretta? <laughs> How uh, we he, go from Cat to Jonathan? I don't know because he 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 mentioned Jonathan Majors in the uh, interview, and it just so happened <laughs> that he did a Good Morning America interview this week. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! They asked him how he felt about uh, Megan Good. And he was like, she's been my Coretta. I'm like, are you serious I, I, right now? I saw that. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> it, he was dead serious. It's a problem. Yes. <laughs> she says, she, just so you know, she says she's a Tiger Woods type of wife. That means she's going to cause you to wreck into your car and never have a career afterwards. Um. So what y'all think about everything? Just this 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 short little man has said because I got my 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 statements have gone my thoughts on I should say have gone back and forth a little bit until I, I really sat down and dissected it and remembered some of the other interviews that I had watched over the years about some of the same stuff he brought up. First of all, let's do it like this. Let's do it the easy way. What is your most your favorite part of the of the interview aside from Jay, who's just putting out random pictures of cat and Jay I think Jay told me the other day hit one of his favorite parts was uh when he was talking when when he mentioned uh uh Diddy. What? You got to you, you got to say no to Diddy. You got to. I know I did. What what is your favorite part my, of I have Diddy? two favorite parts. Go for it. My first favorite part is four minutes and twelve seconds into the interview. <laughs> oh, right. You got the timestamp. My nigga was, oh, this is this wine is exquisite. Like he was praising the wine, and he, and then he went right now. How are you gonna let Ricky Smiley come on here? <laughs> like, I, I'm like Jesus, dang, no Vaseline or nothing, nothing. He went right for it. And then my second favorite part was, uh, he said, "This the this is the aftermath of Kirk Franklin's prayer." This is the reckoning. The reckoning. I was like, see that 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 was actually kind of deep. That was, that was actually <laughs> kind of deep. Jay, what was yours, sir? Uh man, there's so many different parts on there. I like the whole the whole the team. When you start with Ricky Smiley going in about Ricky Smiley. Because of all the people that was that deserve to be chopped down, I think Ricky deserved to be chopped down. I think what did Ricky, Ricky had, do to you that he deserved to be chopped down? He's done a lot. I got a love beef with Ricky Smiley myself, but um, I deserve. I, I love the Ricky Smiley. Anybody that tears down Ricky Smiley, I, you got my vote of confidence. Terrible human being. The way so, you feel about Ray Mysterio is how I feel about Ricky Smiley. Why? Though? Okay, okay, yeah. But I'm, I, that was going to be my next question. I was going to take it in first, well, and then he, he, why. he has he has cost a lot of people I know jobs. Really? Personally, 
Yeah. I, well, I can't. I, I can't argue if you say he know. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is this a for real moment or is this an unrepentant Judas moment? I know at least five people, African American, uh, at radio personalities, he's cost jobs. Really? Yeah. It's a whole long. He underbought some people and did them wrong and ended up losing their job, taking their marketer. I I, I was going to ask, what is is underball? You mean lowball? I don't know what underballs is. I know what lowball it is. I don't know what underballs is. He grabbed all the balls on that. He grabbed all of them. But no, terrible human being. But no, he, he literally cost five of my friends their jobs, and they're completely out of ready because of him. Wow. My favorite part is when he went in on Ricky Smile, but a specific part of Ricky Smile because it took me till today to really re- recognize how stupid the statement was. But he said it with such confidence and such great delivery that, it, that? Made it, it made it make sense at the time. He said that Ricky said. And Ricky did say it that he was supposed to be Money Mike, and he was supposed to be, he that cat was supposed to play the Santa Claus. Right. How can a five foot five, hundred forty five pound man play Santa Claus? And, he, and I was like, you know what? That makes a whole lot of sense. Until today, when I thought about it, Ricky smiled at the same at the at the time of of, of next Friday being filmed was also like hundred and sixty pounds. He was not a fat man himself. He was just tall. But he so was, what do you he was mean? Tall. But if he you can have it, it, it so the the height ain't got nothing to do with. They've had the the um, the, the, the small the small little black man that 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 suit that, that does a lot of movies has played Santa Claus. Who? I, I can't remember the man's name. Uh, other than the, the other dude from Friday. The uh, the, 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 the the little the yeah the guy from bad that's what I'm talking about the guy from Bad Santa the he's midget? done yeah. I don't want to call him. I don't want to call him that word. I'm trying not to call him that word. He has played Santa Claus. Well, what do you call him? Little people. You call him dwarfs. What do you call him? I, 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 I try not. I try not to publicly say things about them at all because they bring me so much joy and so much laughter for various <laughs> reasons. And so I'm trying not to get canceled. I love midgets. I love midgets. That that's not the politically correct term, but I'm supposed to use that term. So I'm trying not to use it. What about the publicly? What about the I don't, I don't know what the I don't know what the politically correct term for them th- these days is. I just know that him. that one is not. Oompa loompas. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. So wait a minute. So you mean we could get protests? That'll be the shortest protest in history. I shut shut up, Jay. Shut up, Jay, before you mess around and have and have Facebook and YouTube ban us. But yeah, he he. It'd be a short ban. <laughs> I think Shannon Sharp had more drink than Rick uh, than uh, Cat because. Cat had Shannon on his heels that whole two and a half hours. Shannon Sharp was Yo. He was Shannon ready. had Shannon no idea what he was getting into. Yeah. He said, come on, Cat. Come on, Cat. His, his, his boy might have told him he was going to break the internet. But, but can we talk about the effect of that interview? Because Yo, seven just a 30-something million, million views. He changed uh, right Shannon Sharp's like podcast forever. We need to get Cat on here. I mean, he the, the way he's doing interviews, he might come upon here. Uh, yeah, he just did another. I, I, I gotta watch today. I, I saw most of that. Jay sent to be day the, the big boy. He is more subdued. It's not as controversial, but I will say he finally addressed something in a lie that I have been waiting on him to address. When he decided to, to hit at everybody on Shannon Sharp, he went on D Wiley, and and it's D Wiley who brought him up. Who was like, "Yo, what about?" Ali Sadiq. Now, if you don't know about Ali Sadiq, that's your fault. You need to look it up. Dude yeah. is, is 
hilarious. But he yeah. wants to fight Cat for real. And Cat tried to deny it in the in the in the interview, talking about how he's never met him and all the stuff that Ali's mad about, what happened before he even got to the venue and this, that, and the third, right? But in one of the interviews that Ali did about it, one of which was he did also with D. Wiley, he pulled up receipts on Cat. Like, you know, this is what happened, and talked to this person. Same thing that Cat was doing in in this in this interview with Shannon. Ali did on him and said, "Yo, I was trying to get the cat to try to to try to find out why the heck he got a problem with me, and he has been ducking me." Ali, you don't know. Ali spent some some serious time in real jail yeah. as a real fighter. He wanted mm-hmm. he wants to fight cat. Cat said on on I think he know T. Rock. Cat said on on the uh, on the on the D. Wiley interview. He said to him, he said, "Look." Uh, I I I'm not scared of no man. I'm 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 not scared of no man. I just I I I I fear no one. I I'm, I got God on my like side. That? I I face Satan and all of his minions. And he said that he would have fought Ali if Ali was a celebrity because he called for, he tried to call him out in the celebrity boxing tournament, and Cat was like no. And it, the reality is because Cat knows Cat would have got knocked out. So yeah, you should watch uh, a dark non-comedic turn. Uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, but no, I was waiting on that because he addressed everybody had a problem with, but Ali. Well, now you know why. Because <laughs> well, I, I already knew why he was. He scared of Ali. I don't think so. Oh, I, I absolutely I so. Go go back and watch the interview, Sammy. You can see the fear in his eyes, and he tried to dance around it. Fear. And every time, every time, uh, D. Wally kept trying to get him on course with Ali. He kept, uh, no, no. Uh, D. Wally was even like, "Yo, okay, so can you and Ali squash it? Since, since it's a big, un- a big misunderstanding, will you squash it then? I can call him right now." And we get on the phone and we squash this right now. Um, um, you know, <laughs> I'm too big for all of that because he's scared of him. You think so? I, I mean, he's smaller than Kevin Hart, so. Yeah. That too. <laughs> now, nah, but what I, what I like about this, though, like what people, I think what people are not paying attention to, because right now, <laughs> you know, they say, oh, Cat Williams got, you know, the biggest interview on uh, Club Shay Shay so far. And they're basing yeah. that solely off of the $39 million. He does have the biggest. By far, but his outtakes have multi-million views. Mm-hmm. Not only that, I was paying attention to the impact on everybody else's interview. Yep. Steve Harvey's jumped from seven point five million to over ten million now. Yep. Two and a half million additional. So if you really take into consideration, he's probably at between at least eighty million views added to uh, Club Shay Shay's page or YouTube alone. And that's Factual. just not even all of the uh, excerpts they're putting. You know, that's just on YouTube. The, the out, outtake clips are on Instagram as well. And that had multi-million views on it. Like, the impact of that interview was, this is legendary. This is this is just legendary. This was legendary mess that I, I enjoyed all 202 hours and, like, 46 minutes of it, actually. 
Um, I really appreciate him for dropping this interview before I went on my hiatus. <laughs> I would have been so pissed. Like, me and God would have had to have some words. Like, you could have given me a heads up. I could have told the church we was putting this, pushing this back a week. <laughs> wow. Like, no, seriously. <laughs> we we, we would have pushed this back. That's hilarious. For real. <laughs> God. Of, but, but you know what's so funny? I, you know what? My new favorite part is not any of those ones I mentioned. My new favorite part of the interview was everybody responded to it. Oh, man. And the responses because, have been epic. Because in reality, ain't nobody came out and said that man lied. That ain't true. A whole bunch of folks come on say the lie. Well, you now, can start with Ryan. You can start with Ryan Davis. The clip, the uh, the link I sent you. Ryan man, Davis called Miles and stuff I'm talking about the people he called out. He didn't mention Ryan Davis. He didn't. You weren't specific. You said no one has called him out. You I, mean no, none of the people that he has I'm talked about sure, has Jesse, called him out. Everybody else that heard me make that statement knew that I meant that everybody hey, he actually hey. called out. Maybe what you meant, but it ain't what you said. But if you're, if you're going to do it that way, Cedric has called said he was lied. He hasn't done a lie, but he's done two or three different tweets that said he, he's lied. Uh, said he, he lied. Cedric said, no, I lie. I see him say, this is revisionist history. That's what do you that. think? What do you think? What do you think saying somebody's yeah. lying is? A, it's, a, it's a poetic way to say somebody's lying. If they're yeah. revising history and and making it in their own image, they're say, he's saying you're lying. No, you got to come out and say you outright lying because we need to know what part was revised. Well, you got to go back and listen to Cedric interviews to, to, to hear some of that. Now, what I was surprised about. Nigga. <laughs> Nigga. 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 Nah. That, that's that, I mean, he Cedric has, has on, on a few separate occasions uh, uh, addressed, addressed that one. Uh, Steve has addressed it before all of this, before this yeah. interview. He cut some of the stuff that he said about Steve. I don't believe dating, that. Dating back to their, their, their little Detroit, um, the little Detroit scuffle. That's when, the, at the time, I was actually listening to, to his morning radio show. I don't listen to it no more. But he was, he addressed it then, back when they did the New Year's Eve thing. It was supposedly that Cat had made it a battle when it was never supposed to be a battle. And he didn't know nothing about it being a battle. It was just supposed to be two comics on the same card. But and by the lot. time it became... That's a lie. He called he called him out for a battle. And and Steve tried to downplay it as it got closer to the date. I remember that vividly. I, well, I remember it too, but I was listening, I was watching, I was listening to a show to the Steve R. Morning now, show I remember when it came, came out. And then as it got closer to the show, Steve tried to downplay it. It was Steve like was yeah, downplaying it from, Steve was downplaying it from the he jump. Was like, when, yeah, we just gonna go out here and have fun, you know, with these young cats and blah blah blah. Steve no. was downplaying it from the jump. Cat Steve made it said, clear Steve went no. first, first of all, it was it was first it was Steve's it was first it was Steve's thing. It wasn't Cat's thing. So it wasn't nothing for Steve to to, to really downplay. It was Steve's event or Steve was was supposed to be the liner, the headliner. It was either Steve or Steve's people's idea to bring somebody else in. Somebody got the bright idea to bring in Cat. Cat how the whole thing, how the reason that Cat supposedly got offended was they had another interaction beforehand where Steve supposedly acted like he didn't know who Cat was. Which 
for Steve Harvey, I believe. Steve Harvey's a butthole. And so Cat went on this whole thing, oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna act like you don't know who I am. I'm a king. I'm coming at you, and I'm coming at your neck. The whole time Steve was downplaying, I'm just trying to do I'm just trying to tell these jokes. Steve ain't never been the type of comic who comes at other comics. If it was DL or or Sed or Martin or somebody like that, yeah, okay. But Steve Harvey's comedy has never been. I'm telling jokes about somebody. He ain't never been a roaster. Even when he was on Def Jam, he wasn't roasting folks. He was just telling jokes. That's all Steve does. That's also why he lost. If you saw any of the footage from that New Year's Eve thing, even if even if you're not talking about them trying to roast each other, on it, just joke for joke, no, it wasn't working. Steve's part was horrible. Yeah, but it's also because the folks was coming looking for a fight and got... Mike Tyson versus uh, uh, what? What's that white boy? He beat up. He beat up uh, uh, as soon as he came out of jail. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, he beat that boy bad. Yeah, yeah that's what Kat, that's what Cat did to Steve. But it's it's the style of comedy. Just you, you're very few people can beat Cat roasting. Very few. I, I I think maybe Martin might have a shot, and that's the only person I can really think of that might oh, man, have Martin a shot. Beat. Roasting them. I didn't roast him. Nah, DL hasn't been a shot to Martin. I, I don't know. I don't think DL. I don't think DL can, can hang with him. I think DL is good. He's quick on his feet, but DL's most of DL's crowd DL's work jokes are. Was first, first of all, Jay, no. this face is for you, not Jesse. Because what? Oh. Yeah, there's DL. You know DL could go to turn into a cat and roast him. That's that's, no. that's DL's go to, but even that ain't that funny. It ain't it, because D, most of DL's crowd work jokes are generic jokes to get a whole audience to kind of chuckle and shut the person up. It's never to go for the throat. Martin usually goes for the throat, and that's why if Martin decided to do to unleash, he might be able to stand toe to toe with Cat for maybe two rounds. But you go any longer than that, Cat's gonna destroy him. There's not two. I can't think right now other than. Martin, if, off the top of my head, who can stand toe with with, with Cat? So if you you doing that, you definitely gonna lose anyway. But that's what it is. But like a whole lot of what Cat said, uh, I, I like I like the way Ryan Davis put it in, in in his video he did on him. A whole lot he said was true, but it's three hours. A whole lot he said was some bull, but it was for entertainment. Like most these most people are taking a whole lot of this way too seriously. It's just entertainment, mm-hmm. but you're right. What it did for some folks, is, I think it revitalized some folks' careers. Because I forgot Faison Love even did stand up until he was like, <laughs> Faison ain't got no special. Was, oh, shoot. Faison I've has never done. seen a Faison stand up. I saw a set of his, like, maybe four. You remember when he threw that uh, that dude around in the, in the Columbus airport? Yeah. Yeah, that's what that it was around that time I saw a set of his. Like I didn't go to the Funny Bone and see him. I just googled him and just saw I've something. Never on been it's not in, in, in even knowing if he did stand up. He because he's he's not he, funny. He's okay, even in movies, like he was never he never had like like when Mike Epps came onto the scene, he was hilarious in movies, and it made me want to see a stand up more, and I became a right. fan. Right. Granted, now his stand-up is hit or miss. For, but that's a fact. There's nothing about Faison, any role that he played that ever made me be like, man, I'm gonna check out Faison 
in any stand-up or anything like that. I would check him yeah. out as an extra, the, the roles he normally plays, an extra kind of comedic relief because he's a big dude who, like, who will take his shirt off for a laugh. But you're right. I would. It was never something that was like, oh, he does stand up. Let me. I got this. Like the reason I had checked out a set of his was because when I when I heard him throw the dude around in in Columbus, I was and I heard he was supposed to have been going either going to the Funny Bone or coming from the Funny Bone. One of the two. I was like, yo, wait, what the heck was he doing with the Funny Bone? Just he do, he does stand up. You lying. So I went to check it. out. I was like, oh, this is why I never heard he does stand up. He ain't. He's not that good. He ain't that good. You went to go and see him. Huh? You seen him do stand up? No, no. I I googled him once. I saw it. I went uh-huh. I went on YouTube and found. You can go on YouTube and find a a, a set of his. Oh, okay. I'm about to say. Uh... Heck, no! I ain't paying no money to go see Phazon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm funnier than Phazon, and I ain't funny. What you mean? I'm funnier than Phazon. And that's not okay, an unrepented Jay. Judas J. Jordan lie. I've made more people laugh doing a joke than Faison has. Jesse, as you finish, of my own. You <laughs> take credit for it, Jesse. That Faison. means you should challenge Faison loving a joke battle. No, because Faison would get mad and punch me, and he'd win the fight. Well, you I see. You. What? Faison, I can't outmaneuver you. Listen, Fa- did you see him throw that little that little worried dude around? The dude, was, the dude was half my size and faster. Faison grabbed him and chucked him over the counter like he was nothing. I'm not taking the chance. What you don't do is poke a gorilla. And, and Faison looks like he's as big as a gorilla. So, so Cat scared of Ali and you scared of Faison. <laughs> if I ain't got a hamburger in my hand, I'm not fighting Faison. Wow. Now, I'll fight him with a hamburger, punch him in the face and drop the burger, make him make some decisions. But what I'm not going to do is fight him straight up. Nah. What type of burger are we talking about though? Like Wendy's? And listen, Faison will eat any kind of burger. Faison will eat a poop patty. He that boy is always hungry. Wow. He's always wow. hungry. You heard it here first, everybody. I'm sorry. Faison? He's look, I, he's not he's not <laughs> the boy is not funny. Like I I don't care. I don't care. And and I w- I would love if he decided to hear this and then come at me and be like, oh, you ain't done nothing ever in your career. You're right. We've done the same amount of stuff. Wow. You are not funny. Somebody tear face on love right now. No, I'm, I He's mean, not- I, I agree. I mean, it's 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 not a dig. The nut. Listen, I, I said I said it this way when I heard when Cat was talking about. When Kat said that that uh, Cedric wasn't funny, right? I said this to my wife, and I was like, "Hey, he can say that, and that because comedy is subjective, but the numbers don't lie. People have paid good money to see Kevin Hart and paid good money to see Cedric. They sell out. You've never heard of Phase on Love selling out anything. Phase on Love, if he's a headlining comedian, gets as many people to come as I have members in city at High Praise Ministries." No, uh, Faison was the least funny in couples retreat, and it had Jason Bateman on there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman is funny as a straight man. Come on, Nicky Demons has tan Faison. Funny, but right. when, when you consider the fact that Faison is a whole comic, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You, you're right. You're right. You ain't. You ain't tell. You, no lies have been told, yo. No lies have been told. <laughs> Like it's it's just. Did you see his response? The man even, called even Kat, the, uh, even the, the the specialist dude that was doing all their therapeutic exercises was funny. Was funnier than Faison. You right. 
like he called he he called Cat a monkey, and that was the best the, the best line he had. And, and you know what's so crazy about that? Because if I was sitting there and I was <laughs> with Faison, I would feel <laughs> like that Faison. You can't <laughs> call <laughs> man no no chip when you over here looking like a silverback. Come on now, like what? Not a silverback. <sighs> How do you call somebody else a monkey and you look like a silverback? I mean, but again, no lies have been told. Yo, the, like, like, wow, wow. I'll, this is probably for on, on one of yours. I'll, it's it for me. Yeah, just says Facebook user. So that that's somebody in the group. <laughs> Go find out. Who that was, yo, <laughs> yo, they are listen. <laughs> hey, that's funny. <laughs> I got money on JC. I I definitely got money on JC. Now let's see here. He also he also said phase on ain't intensely funny. That's all. I, I can't listen. I I don't think he's funny at all, intensely or otherwise. Who is Facebook user? It's somebody in JC's group. Uh, so we can't we, we can't see him because we're, we're we're it's you know just exclusive one of one of his groups that he's either getting ready to ban or he's getting ready. JC right now is doing research right now. He's trying to find. Look at that face. He's trying to find him. Oh, he get ready, he get ready to roast I knew it. Not not midget silverback got the nerve to be talking. This Brian E J Robinson. Oh now, wait a minute. You called him midget silverback. What? Not you need a step stool just to watch this live. Come on now. <laughs> uh, See, nobody had to use a step stool to use their own cell phone. Come on now. A step stool? Yo. We can battle. We can battle. We can All right, Cap. <laughs> Midget Silverback. Yo, before this gets out of hand, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this? that's freaking hilarious. <laughs> what? Not a, not a step stool. What? Why is Nicodemus tagging Cat winning the face on love in this video? Because JC told him to cat somebody to somebody get phase on in, and I guess he figured he would tag in Cat as well. But Nicodemus, you know we cool and everything, but yo, um he, you know good and well neither one of those two are, are showing up well, in, in our podcast. He said a Rombie Jr. I heard that. That's messed up. <laughs> but he said you're gonna put some respect on his name. He says Pastor Brian. Well but well but capital P. Pastor Harambe Jr. Come on now. Uh, so real Rambi quick. Jr. Wait a minute. What? Not you was just in Wonka still in bottles. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yo, for this, it's, it's too bad to have bottles of, uh, of chocolate mix. Come on now. Ah, uh, yo, before this gets too out of hand, let, uh, let, let's uh, y'all see uh, Chappelle's uh, stand up since we see we on comedy and whatnot. I finish So, Eric, Eric wanted uh, wanted us to hit Chappelle real quick before we get to our main topic. I don't understand why he's taking hits from the LB, uh, the alphabet community when he literally only told like two LGBT. If anything, because he they hate, taking, 
he need to be taking hits from the handicapped community. He yo, because I did not see that coming. Listen, that was crazy. Listen, that's who need to be. He Donald Trump the first five minutes of that set. Man, that's what I was thinking. I, I immediately thought about Donald Trump. Mocking that handicap report, I was like, uh, "This is not going to end well for you, buddy." And yet, they said nothing to him. Nothing. It's, yo, is yeah, you, since you since you ain't finished, I I won't ruin it for you. But bro, it is a masterpiece. <laughs> Did you see Brian's comment? Yeah, I put it up there. Don't don't make me step get on steps too and, and cat slap you. <laughs> I'm weak. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Now that's funny. Yeah, but that special is a masterpiece Everything, for sure. Your, your people, your people sensitive, man. Who? People sensitive. He told, he told Eric. one, and that was the most unexpected joke of the night for me because I did not know that's where he was going when he oh, the opening joke. when he was like, and that's how trans make people make me feel. That was like the only real joke. And, and at the end of the day, like for real, it wasn't even out of pocket. He was just like, "Yo, this is how you made me feel." Like I'm, <laughs> I see with my eyes, and you telling right. me something different, right? But they got they got it out for him because he's Dave Chappelle. And he's unapologetic. They have yet to make him bow, and 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 apologize yet. Almost anybody else has has apologized or laid off at the very least. He said, "I'm coming back for y'all." And I'm coming back for y'all in a way y'all can't say nothing. He he's so uncancelable that when they stage a walkout at Netflix, they was like, "Well, <laughs> new special coming next month." <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess y'all gone, but it's look, it's Dave. Like, <laughs> yo, that that it was. <laughs> It was one of the greatest. It's literally it's one of the best specials I've seen in the last like five or six years. The top three specials uh, that I've seen, I think Dave has two of them, at least two What's of the three. I, I can't think of all three of them right now. Like, but I know that like Dave, this last one that he did, and uh, the one before Sticks that, and that stones. yeah, those two are are they are just Sticks like at the forefront. Was brilliant. Yeah. It was all time. Yeah. Closer was brilliant. But this one yeah. is just as good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he's a masterful man at what he does. Like you like, cannot deny that. Of of the many things I disagree with with uh uh who was it I heard this say? Oh, uh Ari Spears, because he was responding to Cat. Um and he wasn't responding in a in a real negative way. I don't know if I sent y'all that clip. He was basically like uh, most of Cat's uh, interview was unnecessary and and purposeless, uh, and I get his perspective on it. But he was basically like he his point was he was saying, in terms of the goat in our industry, talking about comedy, to use the term goat is a useless term because everybody is the goat to their fan base. He said, you go go to my com- to my comments on stuff that I put out. People think I'm the goat and I'm a legend. I get that all the time. You go on Gary Owen. People think he's a goat and he's a legend, and he does. I've seen his comments. And Aries is a beast. I, I don't know if he's a goat. I'd call him a legend. I don't know if I call him a goat, but he's right. Everybody's a goat to their fan base. He said, 
but there's only one GOAT, and his name is Richard Pryor, and I disagree. I think that title now belongs to Dave Chappelle. Like, you can do all these under goats if you want to. Dave's yeah, at the Dave, top. Dave's the GOAT. Dave's the GOAT. For a while, I was back, I was back and forth between between Dave and Chris, but it is Chris who? by a comfortable margin, Dave Chappelle. Chris who? Chris, Chris Rock. I'm a huge Chris Rock fan. Really? I don't, I, yeah. Bump what you say. I don't care. Chris Rock. I, I, Chris Rock is a monster. I don't care what nobody's comedy is subjective. I'd rather see Kevin Hart. Comedy is subjective to me. To me, I'd for a good. I to me, more than I have Chris Rock. Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, and Kev are in my are in my top five. Is Kev in your top five? No. Kev's not in your top five? No. And I, I've, 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 said, I've said this on numerous numerous occasions before. Wait, you Kev's said not, Chris Rock, who was in your top five? Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, Kevin Dave Chappelle. Hart. Yes. I I Over personally Kevin. like I personally like Dave, like Kevin Hart more than I like Cat Williams. I I I'm done disputing with people who like Kevin who like Cat Williams more than Kev. I get it, but for me, I like Kev's evolution. I like I like how he constantly talks about his own life and brings and, and brings it about in a way that most people don't. He's he he he's just him, and he's always gonna be him. Like from grown little man to his last special his comedy style his comedy takes his his writing all that has evolved and i i've loved watching his evolution i have no problem with people who put cat there but cat is not my top 5 he's in my top 10 but not my top 5 to round it out to answer your question jay my the last two spots belong to patrice o'neill and george carlin patrice over cat Absolutely. And it's not even close. It's not even close. Patrice O'Neill is one of the greatest, most underrated comics of all time. He is the Robin Harris of our generation. You put Patrice over D.L. Hughley? Yes. And it's not even close. I put Patrice over all the kings of comedy. What's my order? Over over Burning? Yep. And it's not even close. I ain't putting Patrice over Burns. My order is George Carlin tops them all. George Carlin's the number one. He has spanned the the length of time he was able to stand and be a and, and do comedy and evolve and change. He was a monster clean. He was a monster working blue. He's a monster telling stories. He's a monster telling dumb fart jokes. No matter what you put him in, no matter what kind of style you try to give Carlin. He could do it. He's number one. Dave Chappelle is one B. Like he, he and George Carlin, and Dave keep doing the way he's doing it. He gonna overtake. He gonna overtake George in my number one spot. So it's, it's George, it's Dave, then it's Chris, then it's Patrice, then it's Ke- then it's Kev. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you put a white man as in your number one. You mu- you must have never. Listen to George Carlin, or either that, or you're just a, a, a black comic fan, which is fine. I like all kinds I of comic, and I, 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 George Carlin, I used he, to, he was a master what he did, but I, I don't want to put him top five. Name me anyone else who's been able to do all the things that George Carlin was able to do. 10, but not my top five. Yeah, I mean, he could. I, he, he literally could have been in my top five, though. 
I can't think I can't think of five of the comics better than George Carlin. I can't. He has he has a joke that not only is still basically relevant today, people still quote and use it today. The man's been dead forever. In order for me to put him in my top five, I would have to move Michael Corrier down to six. And I'm just not prepared to do that. Michael Collier don't got the same notoriety and all that as everybody else, but Michael Collier is just I, I'm not mad at Collier. I'm not mad at Collier. Yeah. Michael Collier is a monster. Yeah, well, I'm not. Now, you were talking about Patrice being an honorary comic. I don't think yeah. the most honorary comic is Lavelle Crawford. I disagree. I, I think he is slightly underrated. I don't think he's vastly underrated. You don't understand. So Lavelle Crawford is a great comic, hands down, no question, right? But you don't understand how great Patrice O'Neal was. Lavelle Crawford is loved by a section of comics and a section of the comic-loving community. There are very few comics, period, who don't reference Patrice O'Neill, white or black. Wait, I need Dennis to clarify his comment by when he says prior, not even close. He's saying prior, oh, okay. prior, prior is number one. Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Oh, I didn't see that next comment. That's coming. reasonable. I was about to say, hold on, big day. Brother Dennis. That's reasonable. I, I, I did this. This is a statement I disagree with. The D- DL is a modern day Dick Gregory. I, 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 I disagree that? with that. Like, that's why you know. Yeah, so that's that's somebody in, in in your group. I don't know. I don't know if that's still uh, uh <laughs> a modern day Dick Gregory. That's what that's he said. A, that's a word. That's strange. Like, like, Damn. but yeah, like. DL is nowhere near as enlightened as Dick Gregory at all, and I and I'm a big DL fan, but nah, nah, nah. You mute yourself, JC. DL respects people's public opinion too much to be Dick Gregory. That's a fact. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and get into the meat of why we came on today, because we gonna mess around and go off on comedy. <laughs> this whole this whole episode and that ain't what we that ain't what we we got the day for it. I'm not even gonna go into a commercial break for it. All right, so especially since I see I know we got a bunch of uh, uh, church folk and pastors on there. Uh listen, there has been over since New Year's Eve. Actually started before New Year's Eve, but I'm gonna start with New Year's Eve. There has been just a preponderance of just complete and utter disrespect for the house of God the things of God, by the men of God, like I have not seen ever. Ever. We have William Murphy and his New Year's Eve club party service. And we got, uh, Jay sent me the video about Geno Jenkins, who I don't really respect anyway. We got uh, uh, just too doggone much. It's too much. So I'm I'm gonna be quick about mine and let y'all go off. About and you yours. got the here, one said that he uh, on my mama. Yeah, I don't know who what his name was. I, I and I don't know if that was New Year's Eve. I I'm, yeah, that was New Year's Eve service. Uh, of of the of all of the ones I've seen, 
that's the least egregious. I don't like it, but that's the least egregious. It it is, but when when did the sanctuary, the pulpit, mm-hmm. stop being sacred? Call me old fashioned and all of that, and I am old and I am old fashioned. You're you muted yourself, JC. When y'all started using acrylic. I should have them stay muted for that. <laughs> but like, like this is this is just it's ridiculous, yo. So there was a time when the the pulpit and the pulpit area, the platform was sacred. There was a time when the sanctuary was sacred. I don't I, like I told I was telling uh, uh Jay when he and I were talking about it, I don't have a problem necessarily with them wanting to have a New Year's Eve party. I have no problem with them playing secular music, the swag surfing, all of that, the walk it out. None of that I got really a problem with. I have a problem with the location. You had this in the, in the sanctuary, on the pulpit, during the word. Mm-hmm. And Jay, so I was wrong. Not it wasn't after the word. It was the word. during the word. It wasn't even just during the word. It was the music that set the atmosphere. When you should have been charging the atmosphere, as Satchel. Satan would be calling it, uh, <laughs> it was in it was in essence their praise and worship. Like, yeah, you can get up there and sing a little Jesus music at, afterwards, but you've already set the tone for what kind of night this is going to be. And, and, then and, that, you- and that really just, you know, I'm learning over the past couple of years that I'm just not as much of a rebel and out of the box that as you thought you were thought I was I, I, I'm getting the same way because though. there's a lot of things that are just a hard no for me first and mm-hmm. foremost I want us to stop using the excuse that the church is the people okay yeah true as that may be we are as a church people what forms that makes the church we are many churches if you want to call it that or whatever the case may be but if we were supposed to negate the location or dim its relevance, then God would have never had them pitching tabernacles and tents. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, like you cannot negate the building. There well, has to thing. be there it's has just... to be sacred place. There has to be holy ground. There has to be a dwelling place for his presence, for his people to come and, and sup with him. And so, if it, was, if it wasn't Jesus, would have never turned over the tables. Exactly. What he did, I was telling Jay. I said that mm-hmm. I, when I really studied that, I learned that it it wasn't for the reason people th- have always taught me it was. I was always taught the reason Jesus turned over the tables was because they were selling things in the temple, and that's not the case. It's mm-hmm. the way and the it's the way they were selling it, and what and, and what it was meant for. They were basically bootlegging the sacrifices, the sacrificial uh, uh, animals for people. Here, I'm going to charge you full price for this dove that got spots on it. I'm going to charge you this for this wounded lamb so you can sacrifice. And these things had meaning. And Jesus saw them disrespecting the sacredness of what these things were supposed to represent. And he said, not in my house. Right. But yet we can get up in the pulpit and swag surf and walk it out and have DJs playing secular music during the during the message and that's okay. Got you. 
and here, here's the here here's another thing. Um, if how we present ourselves to God no longer matters, then God owes Aaron an apology. That's a fact. Uh, that's right. Because whether people want to acknowledge it or not, there is a way that God expects us to present ourselves. And, mm -hmm. and there, there's there's no way there's no way around it. And to use culture and the changing of times as the excuse that sets the tone for how you move forward is. And this is, I hate to say it. No, I don't hate to say it. This is why I have little to no respect for what we deem as bishops. And you a whole bishop. Mm -hmm. You should know better. That's, and then on top of that, you are a bishop with a bishop. You are part of a reformation. You are a very, uh, in a very involved person in this reformation. Now, granted, Paul Morton is retired, but all that smoke he used to have for people who used to uh, do things in the house of God that were concrete. Where, where, where's your voice at now? Same thing with Walker. Mm -hmm. Like these are these are the people that he's under. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like you. I don't understand your dad. The level of agreement amongst the ranks of bishops in the Lord's church, juxtaposed to that of people expressing this 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 disdain for it, it really blows my mind. It's, it it's really because we, we talked about before that people are just tossing out titles without having the respect for what they're supposed to be about, without being trained without having uh, a background to understand what they're getting into. It is, ooh, I want to be a bishop, so I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars and you come from another city and make me a bishop. But I think with, even with Murphy, is is the status. You know, you, it's a lot of times it's just the brand. They lucky I blocked on my main Instagram page because I ought to let that nigga have it for real, for real. So I'm trying to be civil and di dignified on my uh pastor. I am Pastor JC page on Instagram. But if it was if he ain't blocked me on the I am JC Wallace page, why did he block you? Man, he blocked me because like remember with him and uh Marvel Sappenham was over there singing happy. I don't know if they were singing happy birthday to Jamal Brown or whether it was Marvel Sappenham. It was one of their birthday, but he sung happy birthday. And I just didn't appreciate how he sung to him. <laughs> And I said, so I was like, why did you sing into him like that? that? That's that's all I said in the comments. Next thing you know, I've been blocked for a couple of years now. But here's the thing. I've been, I've been telling, and, and JC, not JC, Jay has been laughing at it for the last two years. But I have been saying stuff like this about him for two years now. When me and my wife, we went to his church for oh, yeah, the program. And I told you there would be no bishop. And, and I told you there would be no William Mercy Slander after he blocked me. I'm trying to defend this, man. I can't defend this. Yes, he said he's not one of the top five praise and worship leaders of all times. Wait, who said that? Me. Yes, he said that. He's not one of the top because here's the thing. First of all, there's a difference, and JC, I really would, would hope you would recognize recognize why I'm saying it the way I'm saying it as soon as I say it. 
there's a difference between praise and worship and gospel music. Now, if you want to call him one of the one of the top five gospel artists of all time, I, I won't I won't have no smoke for you. He's not mine, but I won't have no smoke for you. But praise and worship leaders, I, JC, I asked Jay when he told me that. I said, do me a favor. Name me five real praise and worship songs he does. He got praise is what I do out. That's it. That's that, that's what Jay said. He couldn't name no others. He named a bunch of other songs, but they're not praise and worship songs. In order to be a praise and worship leader, you have to do praise and worship music. Not just fast songs and slow songs that may invoke praise or invoke worship, but what is true praise and worship. And he doesn't do that. He does gospel music. And there's nothing wrong with that. But he's not a praise and worship leader in terms of artists like that. Now I don't know what he does at his church, well, well, see, but in terms I, of the music he I, puts when out. I, when I base when I when I uh put him in the category of one of the top praise and worship leaders uh, all time, it was not based on his catalog catalog at all. It was just based on because he used to be the worship leader at Newburgh for one. Mm-hmm. But anywhere he went where he was to lead praise and worship, I've I never seen nobody set the atmosphere like William Murphy. Like when you one see name, that, two words, Daryl Coley. But see, I've only I've only heard Daryl Coley sing, and it's phenomenal as he said. I've never seen him actually in a worship setting. I've seen William I am, Murphy. I am I am so sorry that, that you've never had that experience. Yeah, I, I wish I would have because. One of the people I've always said that Maurice Jackson reminds me of vocally is yeah. Daryl Coley. Like they have near identical voices. Now, granted, there's some things that Maurice Jackson can do with his voice that Daryl Coley can't. But he Daryl Coley's like Maurice Jackson before there was Maurice Jackson. And so, but I've never seen him in a worship setting. I've only seen him lead a song or sing his songs or whatever the case may be. But for William Murphy, people like William Murphy, uh, Israel Marvin Hall, L. Winans, who Marvin L. Winans, and see, I've never seen him in a, a praise and worship setting neither. Really? Oh, I've heard him sing. I've heard him, you know, them call him out the crowd to sing a song. Where I've never actually seen him lead praise and worship. And so when okay. I when I base my argument, I'm basing it off of people that I've actually seen and experienced lead praise and worship and William Murphy and y'all know I love Israel but if I had to choose somebody to to take us to the throne room I would probably go with William Murphy just based Jay, on experience Jay what about you because you never did answer the question when was on the phone so yeah I'm definitely with William Murphy I think William Murphy and Israel are the two top two praise and worship leaders of our generation it's when I started hearing William Murphy's gospel music that made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, those two are not praise and worship leaders. They are great gospel artists. Now, Yolanda Adams, I've seen her in a worship atmosphere. He said Yolanda Adams and Kurt Franklin. I've seen Yolanda in, no, no, I've seen Yolanda in a worship setting and invoke worship. She is a monster to do it. I don't think that is her lane to do it. In other words, so if she gets up to do it. In the midst of it all, battle is not yours, it's the Lord, Yolanda, back in them times. 
No, it was shortly after. It was when her, Kirk, and uh, uh, Donnie went on tour. Mm. She she opened up, and she was and she when I tell you, she set an atmosphere for real in praise and worship. Like she can do that. It's not her lane. It's not what she does. Mm-hmm. On a, which is why I would never put her in it. Kirk, I think Kirk is a monster of a uh, uh, minister of music. You want him arranging and following, but to do the invoking, quote unquote, like we like to say, that's not what he gonna do. I cannot be upset with JC's argument of William Murphy as in terms of being a live experience. I didn't have that with him when I saw him. It, it yeah, twice saw him live. I wasn't in the house live the first time I saw him live do it. It was a live thing he was doing. I saw it. It was like, okay, I can see the presence of God is there. But I'm like, huh, all right, cool. When I got there, when we did, when we were at the the dance thing that he did, that, uh, that was his, and that's not on him because he wasn't doing praise and worship at all. He just irked my spirit entirely. Him and his atmosphere as soon as he walked through the door. Um, so I, I I get the argument. I just for me, I will take people like Daryl Coley who I've seen do it, and his music represents it. I will take Israel, who I've seen do it. His music represents it. Marvin L. Winans, who I've seen do it. His music represents it. I've, uh, people like Fred Hammond, I've seen do it. And this music represents it. For me, it's got to be all-encompassing. I need your music as well as what you do live to help do it. I just can't believe how many people sleep on Fred Hammond in yeah. his worship capacity. This dude literally sung nothing but the songs. Through the first yeah. part of his, his career, still to this day, but mo- if you if you look at the lyrics of Kurt Franklin music, it's 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 Psalms. Yeah, literally. You mean Fred Hammond? You said like, Kurt, but you meant Fred. Fred. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, bro, how can you not put him in the category? Maybe but it's, Tom Delaney's trying to do what Fred did years ago. It's it's the same reason that people no longer have respect for the house of God as a whole. People aren't looking for it anymore. People are looking to be entertained, and so we now have entertainers with mics in their hands. Whether they're singing or bringing word, they're entertainers and not real psalmists. They're not really spending We don't have time. a lot of psalmists no more. We don't. I mean, but honestly, here, but, this new generation, who is the psalmist of this new generation? But I, I'll, I'll take you one step further, which is it, which is which to me is even more depressing. We don't even have any good cover artists anymore. Yeah, like you could like in the nineties, early two thousands. Even if you weren't a writer, you could take a really good song mm-hmm. and you sing it, and it just be like, wow. We most don't have people these, who could do that now. Most of these singers all sound the same to me. They're all trying to sing the same way, do the same rhythm yeah. run exercise the same falsetto, whatever the case may be. It, it's been like that since Molly Music came out. Like, <laughs> and everybody no, you're, you're not wrong. Tried, you're not wrong. Basically, everybody since then has been trying to build on, you know, the, the change that he kind of ushered in. And it's just like, like there, you know, I can't, if there, even, even the people who can really sing are doing it. Are doing it, and it's just like 
because we are a copycat. And let me let me let me generation. Let me say, that is not a knock on Molly. What he did and what he does that was transformative. I, I, I enjoy. It. I love it. It was it was mm-hmm. it was different. That's why we loved it. But that don't mean you go out there and do it because now it's no longer different. But but how but how was that different than what, what preachers have been doing for decades? Jake's came out and said, "Get ready, get ready, get ready," everybody and now everybody ready. else wants to say, "Get ready, get ready, get ready." Benny Hinn came out and started trying to slay was slaying folk. Whether you want to say he was doing it on the power of God or not, ir- irrelevant. He came out and did what he did. Next thing you know, everybody trying to smack people in the face with coats. Mm-hmm. You got Wally the Biden who came out, huh? Then there's me. Somebody who just don't understand why we got to have so much church. <laughs> I was just having a conversation uh, at uh, Art Nails and stuff like that this weekend, and I was just like, Bro, I just don't like having a ridiculous amount of church. I don't see the point in I'm- all these extracurricular programs. Like, you know, like, why does everything require a service? I'm I'm actually uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum. I don't think we have enough church, but here's what I mean by that. And I think we actually mean the same thing, but we just have two different views, taking it from two different angles. Well, maybe we don't I, really maybe, have. Let me, let me say meaningful church. And but that's what I mean. We don't we don't have enough and, 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 where there's like there's purpose behind it. People's lives are changed. We just have events and programs and and fundraising services because we can't we can't get our building fund off the ground because god really ain't called you to pastor no way like we have all this stuff and there's nothing behind it and we slap god's name on it as if it's god and it's not i'm tired of it mm-hmm. i saw jay po- jay post that his heart was breaking for the church my heart's not breaking for the church i'm pissed off I'm mm-hmm. thoroughly disgusted and pissed off to my soul. Come on, CC. It is, man, I heard some of what she said, and I was like, she is uttering the very sentiment of my heart. It's getting on. This is not the church I grew up with. This is not the, 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 the meaningful presence of God that would change people's lives that I grew up with. And I'm sick and tired of this imitation bullcrap that's being fed down people's throats. And then I'm expected to do the same thing. And I'm looked at as weird because I want realism. I want change. I want God's presence to do something in your life. No, 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 no. I don't want the marching band, the smoke, the mirrors, and, and, and all the lasers that are giving people seizures. I don't want that. Remove the DJ. Hell, you can remove the music. Bro, listen, the light, Give me the, the pyro, the fog, y'all can do away with all of that, bro. Like All of I it. Just, I just and spend you some money. Make the church a church again. Like, how is it that in, 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 in Moses' time, no, in Abraham's time, when they were just intense and whatnot, he could walk over to the tent or, 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 or the, what they call it, the tabernacle of meeting. And God's presence was the smoke. Why is it that when Elijah and Elisha did what they did, they didn't need all this extra? David came and he was big on the music. Something. God's presence was the smoke. That's crazy. It was. I, and, and I don't think people, when people hear that, they really going to really grasp 
how powerful that is. Because I was in church recently and I was utterly distracted by the smoke. <laughs> like, like niggas really got fog machines and smoke machines in their churches now. Like, yeah, that's why they had it, like the real life. They had it during when I was, I was preaching. Like it was like during like praise and worship and stuff. Like I have down, choked on like, smoke, screaming all this and smoke. I've choked yeah. on smoke. They've had so much smoke coming from fog machines. When they are during praise or worship. That's it's it's ridiculous. It's like why why do we need all of this? And I figured it out. It's because most of these folks are not spending time in the presence of God, so they have to manufacture something that makes it looks like it, as opposed to actually be it. And because we are so visual, we are so used to seeing something, and not understanding or recognizing, discerning what it is. I don't know mm. if Jay sent you the the link he sent me with Gino trying to cast out this demon. And the entire time I'm watching it, and I didn't finish the video, but I, I saw some of the guy's commentary too. The entire time he's trying to cast his demon out, the very first thing that hit me was this thing that the guy said. And I I, I didn't know he was going to say it when he said it. So that's not a demon. That That's just not a demon. There's something mentally wrong with this guy, and you're trying to say it's a demon, and this is why nothing is happening. Because mm -hmm. you don't know what happens, you don't know how demons present themselves. You don't know what happens when they mm -hmm. when they enter into a place. And so you think because ah, is doing all of that, oh, he's a demon. No, he's got some mental issues and needs mm -hmm. his medication and needs some and needs some therapy. That's what's going on. And you you got him all, all, all jacked up and and catch him out in the name of Jesus. Catch him out in the name of Jesus. That's not first of all. I, I've never read anywhere where Jesus had to had to yoke somebody up like that to cut to cast a demon out. Right. I ain't never yelled at no demon. I now I have, but that's also because I'm a yeller when I when I start praying. It's it's I grew up Kojic. It's 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 a learned thing that I that mentally I can't unlearn. I'm, I'm sorry. More on that bird is a sweet, sweet. <laughs> but I promise boy. you, I have never yoked somebody up. Come on out of here. Come on. I've never done it a day in my life. Never. He him that guy about he owed him money. And, and here's here's what here's what messed me up. If you watch when you watch the video, I started concentrating on the background. Everybody, I was like, those niggas got demons. Yeah, I think moving. All of them around you got demons, and you focusing on a dude that's got mental issues. You looking at the wrong stuff, Doc. The It'd one dude in the middle of prayer took off and started speaking running. Speaking in tongues and people start shouting because they think that because that person started speaking in tongues, that means the demon left. Right. Because <laughs> like, like the devil ain't never spoken tongues himself. Dude, that, know that's, that just, that's just why. You know, I was watching that William Murphy video. I watched it quite a few times uh, because one, I wanted to analyze the altar call. Oh my God. We haven't even touched and on then, that yet. Please hit on that. Like, I, I wanted to analyze the altar call, but I also wanted to watch the the sermon all the way through the whole service all the way through because I didn't want to and 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 this is what I hate when people come on my page and they start commenting saying different stuff like I'm not <laughs> hey I'm not um I'm not one a person who formulates a full opinion based on sound bites right context is everything Context means everything. It means everything 
to me, if I'm going to have an opinion on anything, it means everything to me, you know, as it pertains to studying the word of God, which for whatever reason doesn't matter to most preachers nowadays. I mean. Context means everything to me. And so I did not want to offer a, a full out opinion <laughs> until I got context. Yeah. But one of the things that, it, and it's, And, and I hate that I had this thought because one of the questions I asked is, God, am I becoming one of these deep people, these deep freaks? Mm -hmm. But then I had to think that, you know, God is just taking me to a different place and I'm starting to see things differently, things that I've already seen, but I'm starting to embrace what I see. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and, we got you, brother Dennis. That's my boy right there. That's 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 big Din Din. I've I've literally heard this man be called by three different personas when we used to work together. <laughs> um, but um, said I said God, and this was just watching this service, and it's probably going to be some people who watch this live who you know rock with William Murphy and. and you mute yourself, Doc. I think it's very important for people to know that. I'm no by no means make shape or form faster a person that's against William Murphy. Jay Jay will tell you anybody will tell you I've always respected him over the years because he is one of my favorite praise and worship leaders. And so for me to see this unfold, it was kind of heartbreaking because my reaction to this was God, how much of this is witchcraft? Same. Mm -hmm. Because if it's one thing for people to be caught up in a whirlwind or in a trance when the spirit and the power and the presence of God is really hovering in the atmosphere. But when it's not there at all, then you have to question God, what is this? Because people who spend time with God and this is why you got to be careful how you acknowledge people's opinions, because a lot of people offer opinion and they can offer that opinion because they don't really spend time with God the way mm -hmm. that a lot of other people do. And so when people who truly spend time with God, we recognize it for what it is and we know what is and what isn't God. Like you can't convince me that this person or this presence that I've been with all day long until I stepped into this place just shift it like that mm -hmm. it's completely contrary to what i what i know to be god and then you hear people say things and then you know everybody's like you know you know we got somebody if we don't talk about it who does mm -hmm. i've seen matter of fact let me just get my list out real quick because i've made a list of things that i wanted to address concerning this because I was hot. I was hot. I was going to go live on my own and talk about it. But we hear here comments to address. Whip your list out. Let's start here. Let's start with at least they're in church. Which that is, was one I, of the I comments. At least they're in church. For what? Because if they're not getting anything different than what they would, it doesn't matter. 
if the presence of God is not there, if there is no presence, there's no protection. And, that, and, and the same thing that could happen to them if they went to the club can happen to them in the house of God. Can, can I give a horrible but 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 very, I think, very accurate a comparison to that stupid uh, type of comment that parallels what you were saying? Mm-hmm. It It is so... And again, I recognize it's horrible, but it, it'll work for some folk. To say that they are in the church and, and say that that's the thing that matters, yet there be no change, is like saying I went and saw a porno live, but I didn't participate in it. You went, but nothing happened. Well, well the whole purpose of, well, one of the things that's supposed to happen when you have sex is that release, right? So mm-hmm. just because you're in the presence of sex doesn't mean you're the one having the sex. Just because you're in the house of God or what's supposed to be the house of God doesn't mean change is taking place. It doesn't matter that you went if no change took place and there's no atmosphere for change to take place. Mm-hmm. And then the, another comment, I've seen this on uh, Hart Ramsey's post. I'm name dropping tonight. There's a mm-hmm. couple of comments he made. He said, let God judge who's right and who's wrong. Now, and then he even said in that same comment, siblings don't chastise each other. What house he grew up in? The house that that pastor stewards is not your house. And then he prefaced, he prefaced that with Paul called each house by the name of its leader. Now, let's dig into that. Listen to what you said. Paul addressed each house by the name of its leader. Paul, a man, another leader, addressed each house. It doesn't say God addressed each house by the, by the name of his leader. No, Paul was addressing. And so if, if, if man had no position in chastising and rebuking and giving correction mm-hmm. to individual houses, then what was Paul's purpose in the first place? Mm-hmm. Because the what we see in the New Testament is Paul putting his manly business in other houses' business, right? He's writing instruction and letters of correction and encouragement to individual houses. That's a fact. Now, just because you put your name on a house doesn't mean that it doesn't belong to God. And we have a response. And this is the thing that pisses me off about people. Because if you would stop with this dumb mindset that says what happens to other people's house don't matter, then if you if that is your position, then don't complain when hurt people bring their mess to your house. Mm-hmm. Because you had a, 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 a you had an opportunity to universally address your grievances so that what's going on in that house doesn't begin to rear its head in your house. 
Mm -hmm. So if, if, if your mindset is what goes on in that house has no bearing with, on what, what goes on in my house, then you can't complain about how other people parent, raise their kids, mm -hmm. Nothing, all the things that we express an opinion about. If what goes on in other people's house, it don't matter. Don't don't mean nothing in your house. Then then hold your opinion to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's also anti you know, now, now it's now you got all of the opinion when their hurt is frustrating you. When their pain is causing confusion in your house, now you got you want something to say. When you could have, you had an opportunity. But the thing is, is that, and, and this is the thing that always bothered me, is that we have these reformations, we have these, we have nothing universal as it pertains to the body of Christ. Meaning that I don't care what reformation you are, I don't care what denomination you are, there has to be a general body somewhere. That says, okay, you got your reformation, domination, whatever the case may be, but this is the body of Christ, and I'm going to speak correction and, 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 and encouragement and, and life and educate wherever I see fit because that is my mandate. That is my assignment. That is my job. And as a leader in the house of God, you have an obligation even to the people in your house to, to, to speak on what is and what is not okay in the house of God, what should and should not be acceptable and how things should and shouldn't look in the house of God. Because if you're mm -hmm. not, if, if you don't have a problem with how people teach it in their house, then what are you teaching yours? Right. And the fact and so that, that, that is, really it's, it's, bothered it's, me to hear him say to let God be judged who's right and who's wrong. And this whole idea, first of all, Tupac ain't God. And so this whole idea that only God can judge me, the body of Christ needs to really throw it out of his psyche and stop that stop trying to operate under this principle and premise because that's not bible at all nowhere mm -hmm. in the bible did god tell us not to judge there was never explicit instruction now what we do have to understand is there is a difference between judging and condemning Factual. Mm -hmm. and if jesus said that he did not come to condemn the world that means that we don't have a right to condemn the world but he did judge because if, if Jesus did not judge, then what was the point of him having an attitude when he went into the temple? Let, let, let me clean that up just a little bit before you judge. Say, not that you need me to, but I but I know how folk are because I catch hell all the time when I make statements just like you did. And I don't know how much hell you're used to catching for that kind of a statement. Uh, I, I know folk are going to be like, but the Bible says judge not lest you be judged. Well, understand, first of all, read the, you have to read the full, forget the full context, pretext, and post-text. I won't even deal with that. Finish the verse. Judge not lest you be judged, mm -hmm. for with the same judgment that yep. you judge, it will be judged. It's not a, a commandment to not judge. Mm -hmm. It is a warning to show you how to judge when you judge. When we judge, we're supposed to judge the same way Christ did, with love, with compassion, with forgiveness, but with the word of God. I hold what you did, said, or whatever up to the word of God, and if it don't match, if it don't line up, I'm supposed to say so, but I'm not supposed to do so, as you said, in a condemning fashion because it's not my job to condemn. And if I do so, that's coming back at me whenever I screw up. I'm supposed to do so in love and a restoration. The Bible also tells us that 
when our, we see our brother mess up, you who are spiritual, There's restore it. them. The reason half of y'all can't do what JC is talking about is because you, you ain't, ain't spiritual enough to do it. But we who are spiritual are supposed to have a voice and have an opinion. Are, mm -hmm. Not even an opinion, are supposed to have a voice and speak the word of truth, speak the word of correction. Real leaders, true leaders will always hear the correction. And even if they don't agree, will take it back to God and say, God, was it me? If it was me, clean me up. If it was them, open mm -hmm. the eyes of their understanding. And this right. is my problem with what they have. So you're absolutely right. But I just want to make sure that folk understood. We know the Bible says, judge not, lest you be judged. But the way you are trying to utilize that scripture is incorrect. That's right. Go ahead, sir. Absolutely. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Because I wasn't doing all that explaining. It is what it is. <laughs> if you just read. Right. <laughs> like, that's a problem now. Everybody want their hands held. And then when trouble come your way, no, you had the opportunity to read it. Mm -hmm. You know what God is saying concerning your situation if you got in your word. That's a fact. Like that's just that's just the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So then, then there was a uh, the Lord is instructing His church. One pastor said that I don't care remember if it was William Murphy or Hart Ramsey or whatever, but the Lord is instructing His church, trying to basically trying to chastise people for trying to you know speak out on what's going on. Like no, that that was not God's instruction. And probably was William Murphy that said it, but that was not God's instruction. God did not tell you to do that. I don't care what you know. The you God trying to say God told slash and download a spiritual playlist into you yes. and say, uh, "Walk it out, swag, sir." They even play some sexy. Oh, no. he, he, his 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 statement for the walk it out. We're talking William Murphy because uh, when Jay sent me his his appearance on on. Dish Nation, he he talked about it and ticked mm -hmm. me off too. He said it was he he was in the in in the text where uh uh Peter and, and uh, uh Peter and James uh, silver and gold have our number such as I have I give unto thee and he uh -huh. said they pulled him up and told him to walk it out and I got irritated then because like that's not what the Bible says the Bible didn't say that he pulled him up at all the Bible says he said rise and walk and he started to walk but that's not the point and so he said I said walk it out and I started to say walk it out. And my DJ started to play it. And I got offended because I'm like, but ain't you the leader? Because if I am up there and I'm teaching the word, and God forbid I have a DJ in the middle of the word, and God forbid he's bold enough to start playing any song, let alone a secular song, in the middle of my word, and I got the mic in my hand, hey, 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 not time for that. Stop no, he that. started dancing. And that's my problem with it. You can't tell me that that wasn't set up for you to do that. But he tried to position it like it was the DJ who dropped the track and he just went with it. Nah, bruh. No, you didn't. No, no you didn't. That wasn't God led. That was you led because you wanted to do something that you felt like was going to be appealing to the world as opposed to trying to change the world. Right. So you were trying to pass the book. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely, and what killed me, while, while real quick, JC, before you go on, on on your next point, what killed me was watching that dish interview. Out of everybody on the set, it was right. Brad and all of them people. The one person who had an issue in their spirit with what, what, what went on is a dude who don't seem like his life is anywhere near God, but he was able to recognize that ain't God. Yeah. He said, "I was offended." to my soul 
And then Williams started cracking on his red bubble jacket yep. to deflect the fact that this man just said his entire soul was offended. He missed an opportunity right there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He missed an opportunity yep. right there. Rather than acknowledging and embracing that he was wrong, he missed a real opportunity. The real opportunity is this man is telling you he was offended to his soul. First of all, the first thing you ought to did was apologize for misrepresentation. Mm-hmm. And assure at being better. What can I do as a bishop to change mm-hmm. the narrative? Because if you feel troubled in your soul and you are a lost soul, you, I have an obligation now because you are in my presence and because I know that you are wondering. Now I have an obligation. You are now my ministry. Mm-hmm. He that's missed that's a very, it. very, very key opportunity to do real ministry. And if, if he would have taken and seized that moment, I would probably be okay with dismissing this whole debacle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because we all gonna make some kind of mistake. It's gonna yeah. happen. But doubling down on it the way that showed, he did. He showed what was in him. Mm-hmm. And that's Facts. why I can't excuse it. And so then he says, then people say things like, well, what about Todd Tribbett and Kirk Franklin? First and foremost, I, I, you is not I, getting ready to compare Kirk Franklin and Todd Tribbett doing gospel music to franchise boys and all them kind of stuff. Like, like really, in the house of God. Now, granted, Kirk Franklin, I may or may not have him in my Sunday service because you ain't about to be up there gyrating this stuff. I might get you for a gospel concert, you know, you know, for pastor's anniversary. But, I, I've, seen, but I've seen Kurt. I've seen Kurt do actual service. He don't do Kurt, concert. Kurt is not the same as church. Kurt. The message that he does and how he delivers it is the same. But when he goes to sing and stuff, nah, he is much more reserved in you know the what? house of God. You, you're right. You're right. Because I did see him. Uh, he was at uh, Zion Church. Uh, uh, for their New Year's um, celebration, um, I can't think of the pastor's name at the at the time, but I did I did catch that, and he was much more reserved than he would that he then he's been on tour because he has a reverence uh, for the house of God. Yeah, and he's from that area. I think that, and that's that's the thing that people are missing is just is simply the reverence for the house of God. Um, and so now the criticism. Because of the criticism he's receiving behind it, now the position is this is the reason why people don't go to church. It's the deflection. Because you don't have enough spiritual sense to realize that what you're doing is the reason why people don't come to church. Because there's no change. And you just have somebody who does not go to church tell you that they were disturbed in their soul because of what you were doing in the church. And it's the verbiage. So how are you going to tell somebody who doesn't go to church the reason why people don't come to church? I I don't think it has anything to do with church people being mad about what should or shouldn't be in the house of God, but the fact that people look at the church, the world looks at the church, and they they don't find a reason to respect it or revere it. But why should they? When we who are in the house 
that's don't what respect I'm and revere it. That's what I'm saying. And, and so the, 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 you got to eliminate this excuse that this is why people don't go. No, they don't go to church because of people like you mm -hmm. who live in compromise and justify it. And you justify it by saying things like, um, Jesus turned water into wine and hung with sinners. Let's 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 really get context behind this, because nowhere did it say that in Jesus being around sinners was he ever compromised. That's part, right. that part. Right. When Jesus was around sinners. They got healed. They got delivered. They got set free. And the 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 people who were mad about Jesus being around sinners were the same people who were around sinners, but were powerless to address anything that was bothering sinners. This woman, because nowhere did it say that the woman was invited to the house. The text mm -hmm. says she just showed up in the house because Jesus was there. And regardless of whether or not Jesus was there, why was she so comfortable? Let's not, this is the part of the text that people don't want to address. Why was she so uncomfortable with just walking in somebody else's house? She didn't walk into Jesus's house because he was there. She walked in somebody else's house. And the mm -hmm. person, and it was him that said, if he would have known, the, wait, you mean to tell me that you know the manner in which this woman is and you still didn't have an issue with her being in the house? Your issue was not her being in the house. Your issue was what Jesus did for her while she was in the house. Mm -hmm. Which that which which for me, if I left to my spiritual imagination, she either one has some familiarity with the house. Oh, absolutely. Or either two, she has some familiarity with the house. Meaning, it ain't the first time she just walked in. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that people don't want to address. But the point of the matter is, is that when Jesus was around sinners, hanging with sinners, as you say, things shifted. I, I have an issue with the phraseology that he hung with sinners. He did not. He Listen, was in the same atmosphere and place. That's why I said hung with sinners. Yeah, I know, but but since you said you're not the one who 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 does who's gonna do do the explaining, I I I want to just for a moment, just you know, just you got to break it down. Cause cause I get ticked off with some of the stuff. He did not hang with sinners. He was around them at the time he was ministering. Most of the time that Jesus was anywhere, he was with the disciples teaching. And then when he came in contact with sinners and didn't treat them any different in order to cause change in their life. He told Zacchaeus, hey, your house I'm coming to, but before I come to your house, guess what? Salvation has come to your house. I'm coming to change you and everybody in the house. Mm -hmm. The woman the, 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 the woman who's caught in the act of, uh, of adultery, yo, yo, before anything, hey, hey, let me go ahead and get these riffraff out the way, remove them. Now it's a conversation between me and you, and guess what? Before I leave here, go and sin no more. He wasn't hanging with them. He was around them because sinners are everywhere. Mm -hmm. His mm -hmm. circle was not the sinner. Mm 
mm-hmm. his position was not around the center. His position was around those who he was teaching and training or with his father. That's it. Mm-hmm. You don't ever see Jesus hanging with sinners. Y'all be cherry-picking and isolating instances in the scripture to say he was hanging with the sinners. Oh, he had dinner with the sinners. No, he had a dinner with the sinners. Mm-hmm. He had dinners with the disciples. And everywhere he went, people were changed. At the end of the day, Bishop Murphy, I'll even be nice and call you in your title, which I never, which I don't feel like doing, but I'm gonna be nice and do so. Cause my mama taught me there's enough sin, there's enough anointing and a backslidden preacher to send you to hell, you cross him. So I'm gonna respect you. Bishop Murphy, here's the difference, sir. At the end of your New Year service, he's watching. Nobody, whether he watches or not, I'm just going, if he ever hears it. At the end of your New Year's Eve service, whose life was changed? Wait, let's not go there yet. Because okay. that's, that's one of my points. Hold on, hold on. But I want to pull up a scripture. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and Jay, while he's pulling it up, are, are you going to say anything? Because it's been me and him. I was going to let you explain. You don't let you, you <laughs> articulate. You, you're like the anger um, Jay seems theological uh, uh, interpreter. I'm his angry interpreter? Yeah. <laughs> let me pull this. Uh, I need this scripture. But my thing was the placement of where this was done. It was the altar. All this activity. Wait, wait, we can't get there yet. You going bro, speak with somebody that I already talked about. <laughs> <laughs> How much is on this list? <laughs> and he's so serious because I I I, I haven't read one of his posts that one of JC's posts he had earlier, or at least re- re- part of it. He's he is as fired up about this as I am. Like this is what this is why I was like we had to do it today. I did not want I, I use cat as the bait, but I did not want a whole other week to go by and something else to hit and this be push the right back right burner. Now. Okay. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. You got okay, go nine nineteen through twenty-three. First Corinthians 9, 19-23. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew mm-hmm. in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save them. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. All right, Jesse, Jay, let's start you. When you hear Mm -hmm. that text, what is it saying for you? That scripture you just read, mm-hmm. it's it's saying it's about strategy and the, and the gist of it. It's really strategic. 
people will probably interpret that as saying that he became all of those things in a way of conforming, but it wasn't conformance. It was in that thing of saying that I became accustomed to become relatable to what they were in that particular region without, without being conformed in that particular thing. Just as Jesus came to be flesh and blood, but yet he was without sin. It's the same metaphor as what he's doing with that. Even though Jesus was a man, he was not a sinful man. He was in the position he was God in the flesh. And so you can be in a situation where even today we're leaders right now. We, most of us work in the secular arena. We're in a secular arena, but we're not of it. Um, I think, I don't know if it was you or Jesse, one of y'all made a post about I'm in the world, but not of it. And I think people don't understand that logic. And we blend so much. We have such much of a mixture in that. And so we have allowed culture to affect us and not us affect culture. And I think we take scriptures like that, we conform it to fit our need because either we are not strong spiritually, either we're not strong um, mentally enough to withstand it, or we just, because we love the culture. Some of it aren't even things even about spiritual strength. I think some people have just a simply love for the world. And they're unrelentless. They're not willing to relinquish that love for the world. So they're willing to compromise, be carnal, be secular, but let me hold this power in position of something spiritual. And so you can't navigate both if you're really going to be what the ministry is and know that there's a difference between being a minister of the gospel and there's sacrifice in that. There's sacrifice of, of losing the thing that you want to do to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do to be able to be the witness. Even with scriptures like Acts 1 and 8, where people will spend so much time in the end where it says, you receive the, when you receive the spirit, you receive power, but the next line says to become a witness. And so where's the witness behind your power? Because a lot of people don't have power. You have noise, but true power comes from the witness. The Holy Spirit, one of the first evidence wasn't even speaking in tongues. It was the witness behind it. There's no witness without confession. And so we've lost even the art of confession in, in most time. There's not in leadership, this in the body. There's no confession to the, in the church no more. No one really spends the time to talk about confession. He said that he was, what, a thousand people gave their lives or 125 people gave their lives. No one confessed. Mm -hmm. There was no confession. Confession yeah, is- going too far, going too far. We ain't got there yet. Oh, but I'm saying, <laughs> where is true, where is true confession to true transformation? Jesse, that's I ask you one thing. What is that text saying to you, Jesse? <laughs> well, well, you know, well, you know, Jay had to get some of that because he ain't said nothing the whole time. So he's trying to, you know, make up for lost time, time, even though he should have been, he should have been jumping in. So for me, it's some of what Jay said, but I'll say it this way, and I'll try to be as simple and and as quick as possible, which is unusual for me. Um, I think he was articulating the very way that Jesus presented himself in that uh, uh, when Jesus was around fishermen, he he made it a point to understand and talk fish. Mm -hmm. When he was around those who were farmers, he made it a point to understand and talk agriculture. Mm -hmm. When he was around the Sadducees and Pharisees, he made it a point to talk the word and the law. That scripture is not about conforming myself and what I do. It's, for lack of a better word, manipulating my presentation so that the, the message that I'm giving to you is more palatable. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't change the message. I just change you how I present it. And so mm-hmm. for everything that people want to say that William Murphy was doing in that instance, it was not that because he changed the presentation and the message. We go from the word to walk it out. We go to from the word to swag and surf. We go from the word to sexy red. We go from the word to Cardi B. That's not a change in presentation. It's a change in the message. Those artists, whether you like them or not, not my problem. They're not talking Christ. So there's no there's a change in the message. Jesus said, he talked. He said, uh, uh, the law of sowing and reaping. That was agriculture. So you understand that. Okay, now, if you lift me up, I'll make you fishers of men. It's still a law, in essence, a law of sowing and reaping. What you you sow, I'm going to give back to you. He taught that same mentality, the same message, different ways. It's why the Bible repeats itself so many doggone times. It's because the presentation is changing, though the message is the same. That's what Paul was saying. It's a a manipulation of its presentation. Absolutely. And now... And After that's all one that of the he, things that I was getting at because that was actually one of the statements that William Murphy made in his interview. Is that he said, he said, you know, Paul said, I became all things, uh, I became all things to all people. And 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 I've heard people say that a lot, and they use it as a means to justify compromise. Mm-hmm. And and in in no way did you ever see Paul become all things to all people and, and, and jeopardize his integrity. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Jesus. Even when Paul prayed that his storm be removed from him, Paul even prefaces that prayer. He says, I could boast about the surpassing revelations, about all the things that God has shown me. I, but I choose to boast in my weakness. And so when he says that I became weak, that I might win the weak, here, here this is where the, 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 the story of the thorn comes into play. Because he, he says, I am... I am illuminating in my weakness now. I want you to, because if if you can see God in my weakness, you can see God in your weakness. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm saying, it's, it's almost a, a form of empathy. I'm putting mm-hmm. myself in your shoes and saying, I, I understand. I've been weak too. I understand. I know what it's like to be up and lose it all. I, I understand what it means to be under the law. I was there too. But I also understand what it's like to not be under law because that's where I am, am now. And so Paul is basically saying that I became all the, and that I might win them for the sake of the gospel. But what is the gospel? It, it ain't what you were preaching. It ain't what was going on in that house. At all. And so you, you can't and I'm sitting, and this is, I can't stress this enough. This is why I have an issue with bishops, apostles, all this other kind of stuff, because you should know better. Can, can mm-hmm. I give you something? My wife told me uh, while we were talking about this, uh, actually it started with her study. Cause so two weeks ago, I had the members of High Praise Ministries. We had what I call Training Saturday, uh, where I let the leaders of High Praise, it's their turn to give a message. I told them to give 15 minutes. I gave them some instruction on what to give, right? And so my wife, unbeknownst to me, because this is the, the the text that I did at Jay's uh, New Year's Eve service, she came from dealing with Lot and his wife, right? 
And so she did some mm-hmm. real deep study into it. And one of the things that, that really stood out to her that we had a conversation about after this was when the angel told Lot, hey, is there anybody else in this house? Get them so we can get up out of here. The Bible says that mm-hmm. Lot went, went to the house of his son's-in-law. Knocked on the door and said, hey, it's life or death situation. We got to bounce. And they all were like, nah, we're good. She said what hit her was how much lack of integrity in the word and in his relationship with God did he have that in the midst of a life or death situation, these people who are his family decided not to recognize what God was saying through him. I bring that to the bring that point for this. Regardless as to whether or not William Murphy feels like he did the right thing or not, there has been such a taint to the integrity mm-hmm. of the man of God now that it's going to be extremely hard for people to Receive. recognize the God when he speaks when he actually is speaking word. Mm-hmm. You can't be as long as he's been in this thing and not have preached real word like for not not and done some of the things in God that he's been able to do at some point in time you were anointed I don't know I'm not gonna say he's not anointed now but some point in time he was anointed but now that has been so tainted now it's gonna make it hard for people to hear you was it worth it mm-hmm mm-hmm and and, and 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 he's probably thinking, well, it's not going to make people hurt because there are obviously people who agree and have no issue with it. But it's the blind leading the blind at this point. And so are they coming to be changed, or they coming for the show? But that's and now we get into that's the question. My final, not my final, but one of my final thoughts. Oh, here go, here go, reload something because he says something. And then his church and him doubled down on it. And that was the thing that even people tried to come on my posts and stuff and say, well, you know, he said, if you can't out win me, shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. And I didn't shut up yet. Me either. Me either. Because whether you got a billion building, because what you have shown me is that whether you got a building of 5,000, Compared to my five, fifty, a hundred, or whatever the case may be, is in mine. I'm still gonna win more souls than you. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just re- because either you have no concept or clue as to what it means to win souls, or you just simply do not care that that's not what you're doing. The the math came out. That 150 people said yes. But but before you do that, can I ask a question? On mm-hmm. on the same on the same vein of what you just said, I'm not I'm not veering off. Um, when did Soul Winning become a contest? That, but, but see, that's the that's the thing. That's that's the thing. It, it was the fact that you could even utter that in your press. And you know what's so crazy about it? He said that. In his morning moments of prayer, you know how he goes live every morning to pray and over people's day and all this other kind of give words of encouragement. You mean to tell me that was the thought on your mind when you presented yourself in front of thousands of people 
who tune, tune mm-hmm. in for prayer make it make it make sense mm-hmm. who does that help but That's let's get clear. into this soul winning thing 150 people said yes that's how the church alluded it. You said 150 people gave their life to Christ or, or, or souls were saved. My question then becomes, said yes to what? Because like I said, I watched that whole service. First and foremost, the power of God was not in there. His presence was not in there. That's number one. Number two At all. is that even when you had an opportunity to bring God into the conversation. You did not. You gave, mm-hmm. I think it was either seven or 12 minutes worth of altar call, inviting people to link with your church and make you the covering. Mm-hmm. There was not one appeal of salvation. Mm-hmm. You spent all that time, you know you need to come to church. Tell you tell, tell, tell them tell them they ain't they ain't getting they can't ride home with you unless they join church. Because they know they need to be here. This is this is how you preference it. And so it your math is off. Because if you're basing the 150 off of that altar call, nobody got saved that night. As soon as you said, said I was like, you know what? You didn't even give them an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. You didn't say if you believe with your heart, confess with you. You didn't even give them the Joe Osteen salvation prayer. How did you save 150 people? Let let me back you up, JC. Uh, Because as you said, I was like, you know what? I know I have a clip where some of this altar call was was actually caught. I want to play it. Because I feel like people, I feel like people don't believe that this was not a for real altar call. Listen, before anybody leaves this room, before anybody walks out of the door, there are people in this room who need covering. There are people in this room who need community. There are people in this room who need a church. People in this room who need a pastor. Y'all play me something for this moment here. There are people in this room who need a church and Now, mind you, this is after they have just swag surfed and walked out and sexy redded, all of that. Where are you? If you're in this room and you know you don't, you're disconnected, just... Come to this altar. Just come. Just start walking this way. Just start walking this way. Welcome home. Welcome home. And that your stuff. And that what? Come on, if you're in this room and you don't have a church, you're in this room, you don't have a pastor, just walk to this altar. Nobody's walking out of the room. These are life and death decisions that people are making. And I know you wouldn't dare walk out of the room. Come. 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 You don't have to you don't have to pray about this. You don't have to think about this. 
God has already dealt with your heart and you already know this is your church. You already know this is your church. You already know this is your church. Just come. 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 You can ask for a moment to play a little bit more you know that the but spirit just for, of God just for context we're two minutes you know, in this is the place where God I haven't heard repent sir. of your sins welcome home Jesus will you do that. me a favor those of you in the online sanctuary you need covering you need community grab your phone you're going to text 54244 you're going to text this word dr salvation thank you holy spirit first time i heard the word DR salvation salvation you're going to text that to 54244 so, so this, this is body of christ this is the place where god wants you to start over who am it, it's neither it's, I mean, it's for the just chat thing, a, a, dr a, salvation it's, it's so another six or seven moments it, 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 no, it's for it's probably to join this church. Like it, that's and it's another six minutes of just that, where there, JC, you're you're muted just in case you don't know. It is it is you got to unmute yourself. It is six minutes of community and join, and I and I get it. We need community, but this is supposed to have been an altar call. 150 people didn't say yes to Jesus. 150 people may have said yes to joining your church, maybe. And after that, there was no what we call the salvation prayer. There was none of that. No prayer for the repentance of sin. None of that. So where was the soul winning? Where is the covering speaking at? That's the question. And where are the spiritual fathers at? And that's the issue. Everybody's silent. Nobody out because here talking about this is how it's done. This this is this is how not that's not how it's supposed to go. None of that. Because it's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. You know, all we see is more people filling up the church. And the and it's sad that we live in a time where we're more concerned about people filling up the church than we are about the Holy Spirit filling people. Factual. Mm-hmm. It's a sad state that we're in, which leads me to my last thing. Um, one, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, is that we can't just offer God anything for number one. But when we're talking about the house of God, because somebody said, well, there are people who, you know, have, uh, you know, dinners in the sanctuary and all. Like, if you got a multi-purpose space to where on certain days of the week, you have a different type of function in your sanctuary. That's totally different yep. than having something like this happening in the middle of your worship experience. That that that's that that, that for one, that's not the same. Number two, if the building doesn't matter, then what was the whole point of God's instructions on the temple and the tabernacle and all these mm -hmm. places? Why was it necessary that the people pitch tents and all this? Obviously, the ground matters, mm -hmm. and and I, I use this analogy on my Facebook about how you know, and I and I and I got this because I don't know I was watching something about Brian Meadows, but then I it, I, I seen it. I, it. The name of his church, for whatever for reason, out of nowhere, popped out to me. I never really paid it much attention before. Because I've I've never really you know 
thought about going to his church or anything like that. I just sometimes pop in to see what he's talking about, you know. Um, but the name of his church really rung to me, and it's called Embassy. And I started to think about that while I was thinking about this, all this other kind of stuff, because I've been preparing, consecrating myself and preparing um, um, for, for his fast and stuff like that. Um, and that word embassy really got down in my spirit. And, you know, I, I watch shows like Scandal, Designated Survivor, a lot of shows that require you know diplomatics and now they got people coming in from different countries that have these embassies mm -hmm. on foreign soil and you know they talk about how you know if it happens and they have diplomatic immunity because how they govern themselves inside the embassy the people outside can't say nothing about it, even though it's on foreign territory. And I started to think about that. What he really established there, just from a name perspective, is that what it's really saying is, is that I don't care where we plant this thing, on what soil we plant it on, this mm -hmm. belongs to God. Mm -hmm. This is we are governed by the kingdom, not by the world in which we are planted in position. Which means when you step in here, yes, because somebody said, oh, it was William Murphy. He said, I am changing the way the culture has expectations of the church. And he said that people mm -hmm should not come into church and feel like they've walked into foreign territory. I heard that and I was so upset with that. That was the thought that birthed what I'm thinking about as it pertains to embassy. Because while we want to be welcoming to all people, there still has to be an understanding that mm -hmm. what you walked into ain't what you walked out of factual that's it like let's that's 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 let's 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 be all the way real about this let's give church its proper context and i hate that we've grown so accustomed to dismissing the building because we want to oh the people of the church and all this other kind of stuff and come as you are and all this other kind of stuff no, you are still on holy ground when you come into the house of god you step into his very presence and that's holy ground when 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 in the old testament when they would come before his presence he said take off your shoes for the ground mm -hmm. you stand on for the ground on which you stand on is holy ground that that hit my spirit and hold man mm -hmm. and, 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 and and we can't just do what we want in god's holy space when he, when, right. he, when he instructed the priest and the Aaron, and he said, he said, the only holy fire is to light these centuries. Mm -hmm. And the reason why his fire came and consumed Aaron's sons is because they lit it on their own accord. From their own understanding, they, they presented to God something that didn't belong to him. 
and we look at the devastation and the peril in which the church is currently in, and, and you have to wonder, why is all this happening? And it's because God is not pleased with the fire that we presented him. Strange. Not only, not, not only that is is it's frustrating, and I'm with CC on this. It makes me mad. Mm-hmm. I'm play about a lot of things. I'm a joke about it. Whatever the case may be, when it comes to the things of God, the house of God is special. We don't play in there. That's holy ground. And it deserves its proper reverence and respect. And yes, when you step into the church, into the house of God, you absolutely step into foreign territory. There should be nothing familiar other than the people when you come into the house of God. Mm -hmm. And the welcome ought to be that there are people in there that look just like you. And God accepts them. God embraces them. And God wants relationship with them. And God is going to do what it takes to change them and put them on another trajectory in life. Outside of that, there are particulars for worship. Mm -hmm. There are particulars for our praise. There are particulars of how we sacrifice, what we sacrifice. We can't just give God anything. You absolutely step on foreign territory when you come into the house of God. And it should feel that way. And it should feel like it. Mm-hmm. And that's to the point of the dude that said, he said, it disturbed my soul. My wife and I were having that very conversation about it because she was talking about how, for those for those who know my wife, she's not been churched all her life. Like I have. I've been churched literally all my life. Mm-hmm. And so, and so she was saying how for her, uh, she was dealing more with the welcoming. It's got to feel welcoming. It's got to be comfortable. And this, that, and the third. And I get it from an outside perspective looking in. And she said a lot of things that made a lot of good sense. But my statement back to her was that for as comfortable as it should feel once you're welcomed, it should absolutely feel uncomfortable. If you're an outsider coming in, mm-hmm. you should, and that uncomfortability isn't a, oh, look at you, who are you? That uncomfortability should be feeling the very weight and presence of God. I said, explain to me how it is that all throughout the Old Testament, especially the Old Testament, all throughout the Bible, but especially the Old Testament, how when the presence of God came on the scene, whether it be the angel of the Lord, the Spirit of God, whatever, when it came on the scene, the very first words out of his mouth were always fear not. Mm-hmm. Why? Because my my presence has caused an uncomfortability. It wasn't always fear like, oh my God, it's going to kill us. That fear is also this uncomfortable feeling. This something mm-hmm. has shifted, this weighty feeling, this awe kind of feeling. That as soon as you feel the presence of God, that should take place. And then, it's okay. It's not here to crush you, but it is here to change you. That's the welcome. That's the come as you are. It's, hey, hey, you don't really belong here like this, but come on in so we can make you a part of us 
and you can see how wonderful it is on this side, but this mess you have to leave out there. Mm. It absolutely should be a a place of uncomfortability when the when when we're talking about the worldly stuff. Should absolutely feel uncomfortable for things that are not of God. Absolutely, I'm 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 I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm, I'm gonna be done. While you were talking, JC, I, I looked up because I want to make sure I got the the chapter, the book, chapter, and verse right. First Chronicles thirteen. Because you, uh, while you were talking, I was thinking about uh, 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 Uzzah and uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. Why is it that David, the Bible says, the man after God's own heart, wanted the presence of God, wanted to get it back? Because it's been away from the house, it's been away from Jerusalem for too long. Let's go get it. Mm-hmm. Went and got it his way and cost somebody hit their life. I don't blame Uzzah for touching the ark when it was trying mm-hmm. to go. He did what, what, what came natural. Something's about to fall. Let me make, let me make sure it don't hit, don't, don't hit the ground. He had a reverence for the ark. Mm-hmm knowing it should not hit the ground mm-hmm. and died but died because David took it wrong mm. his entire approach to getting the presence of God was foul mm. he didn't follow the instructions given as to how to entreat the presence of God and it cost someone his life wow. so you mean to tell me we can get on the altar on the <laughs> sacred place in the house of God Mm-hmm. That's different from us being the church. I'm with you. I'm sick of we saying we're the church. We're the church. Yes, we, let's go ahead and say we're the church, but we're not the house of God. Right. We are the place that God dwells to use. Mm-hmm. The temple is the place that God chooses to reside. Mm-hmm. And you come in his house. That's and good. I like that. Respect his house. I like that. We are the place that God dwells to use. The temple is a place that God dwells to chooses to reside. That's crazy. And we come into his house and disrespect it Mm -hmm. and expect there to be no consequences because we want to get the house of God. Say again? I'm just letting you know you're getting a tag on that one because that was good. We expect there to be no consequences, even though a man who had no malice in his heart, had all reverence for for, for the things of God, tried to stop something stupid from happening and died because of the leader's foolishness. Mm -hmm. And until David got it right. Till David decided, you know, I have to do this thing God's way because God's presence is nothing to be played with. Until he got it right, presence of God couldn't be anywhere near him. And he was a man after God's own heart. What makes us think that we can do any differently? Why? Because we're under the law of grace and mercy and Jesus Christ's blood. He, he shed it for our sin. That makes us more accountable. We're more accountable than David was. Not just because we have the Bible as our manual. We're more accountable because we have greater access to God than what they did in the Old Testament. 
We have an easier ability to come to God. And so we have an easier ability to be taught the things of God, but we rebel more and we do things like this. I promise you, and as, I say, as I'm saying this, it dropped on me, so I'm going to say it because it dropped on me. I promise you, there will be some consequences across the body of Christ for this mess that's happened on New Year's Eve. God told me mm -hmm. to tell high praise, and I said it at Jay's service as well for his New Year's service, and I said the stuff was, going, was more than just for us, and apparently it really is. God told me that the crossover we just endured from, two, from 2023 to 2024 was more, of more importance and more significance than any crossover we've ever had since. And yes, God lives outside of time and doesn't do the timeline, but because he recognizes our symbolism of the crossover, he said, I'm going to mark this occasion. It means more. And because it means more, there's greater consequence. He's tired of the mess. Y'all have taken the ark, the presence of God, lightly for too long and played with it for too long. Mm. Too long. Mm. There's consequences coming. The whole we're gonna find a whole bunch of others being dead because the leadership was wrong. And that man, when I tell you, that struck me heavy. He died because of leadership. Not because of his own sin, not because of his own ignorance. Because he was doing what the leader said to do. And as you said before, with the bishops and prophets and apostles, he should have known better. David read. He understood the way it was supposed to go and said, I want to shortcut it. And cost a man his life. We're going to be accountable for some things this year. If we don't start speaking up for this, for, against some of this mess, we're going to be accountable for this mess blood's on our hands because we know better. Yeah, that's facts. I think that what people fail to realize, it, and I, I know that we who are spiritual and are in tune and, and being watchful in this season know this, but I, I really want to issue a word of caution to everybody um, in the body of Christ as a collective. Like, this is so much bigger than what you think it is. Yes. It is it's 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 so much weightier than what you even perceive it to be. This is a culmination really of where the church has been for quite some time right now. This 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 wave that it's been on and I think what God is doing in this season is he's finally allowing some things to come to a head. And he's exposing the witchcraft for what it is. Mm -hmm. Um because that's what it is. It, 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 it's strange fire. It is contrary wind. It is not the presence of God. And I made a post that said, men lie, women lie, numbers lie, but fruit don't. Mm -hmm. 
and I am assessing the current state of the church. And this is one of the reasons why God just has me in such a different place, man. I've, I've never felt the urgency for prayer and fasting and isolation and, and reflection and just more devotion and time of God than I ever before than I do now. Um, because I believe that if we thought that God leveled the church in 2020, wow. was getting ready to hit it and it's already starting to hit it now, mm -hmm. 2020 was just a prelude. And I think that the people who were most disturbed by it is the remnant in which God will use to turn the soil and rebuild the foundation. Now, when I say rebuild the foundation, I'm not talking about the foundation as in Christ. I'm just talking about the foundation of what we present as church. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think what God is allowing to do is he's allowing the foundation that we once thought was set in solid be exposed because, and he gave me a series on, uh, on this called soil tested because in building houses, one thing that I've learned is that the foundation is not the most important part of building. The soil is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can build a good foundation and then not stand a chance against bad soil. That's a fact. And what Never God mind. is doing in this season has nothing really to do with the foundation, has everything to do with the soil. Everything. And I really want people to take heed to praying, fasting, spending more time with God, really discerning what's getting ready to take place and making sure that you are not in the number of that which would be leveled in this season. Your prayer ought to be is God is my soil right. And if it's not, help me get it right. Because when he comes through sweeping, man, it's going to be a devastating thing to see and it's going to be bad for the world but it's going to be beautiful for the kingdom so i would just i would just i would just tell people to take heed of god is moving in this season he's always moving but this is it's getting ready to be a sight to see. So I want to do something in, in, in this moment that we don't normally do. We're not doing a real talk banter. I want this weight to sit on this podcast. Jay, I want you to do something for me, sir. Um, I want you to go ahead and give your final thoughts. But after you give your final thoughts, I want you to pray. I feel like this is a moment 
where prayer is absolutely needed for anyone who hears has heard this podcast for anyone who will uh, be dealing with the backlash one way or the other from the things that leaders have caused the people are just following the leader mm-hmm. and so I want you to pray before we close this podcast out after you give your final thoughts close us out in prayer if you wouldn't mind sir no, that's good. Um, problem also, I think we have to. I think what, what we have dissected tonight. Um, there's a lot to like Jesse said to unpack, but also you have to challenge and charge yourself this year. I think this is a year that we cannot just this dialogue, but we have to make impact, and it's a, it's going to start within the individual first. Um, and holding up and defending the gospel. That's what I was telling them. Um, my first today. In our meeting, is that when we don't defend the gospel, who will? And I said one of the one of the components of someone who's prophetic or a prophet is the standing up for the gospel, and it's going to cause uncomfortable feelings if you feel like you're really called to be prophetic. It's going to really stretch you in that area um, to stand for the things of gospel, and I think that's why there's been so much um, talk about fasting, consecration across social media. I've just been noticing that. And I think that's really the word of the Lord for so many people personally and corporately. Um, it's that time of setting aside, setting that time with God this year. And I think it's really important because God is really speaking majorly this year. Um, and I think we just have to be in preparation and prepare for what's going on. There's there's a lot that's happening spiritually, a lot that happened on New Year's Eve. And I don't think that's by happenstance or coincidence. So I believe that we have to. Um, really take that time of consecration, that time being with the Lord to hear God decisively clear. And I was telling that to some of the people today. So this is that time of consecration. And um, if you haven't already, you need to take that time with the Lord individually and let God speak to you on on what to do. Um, because we have to be set apart in this season. And so that's kind of just some of the things um, that I wanted to add. But Father God, we just thank you. Uh, number one, just for being God. Number two, God, we just thank you today, God, for what has been spoken on this live, God, that we thank you for that the words that will not fall to the ground, but let it carry into someone's heart. God, we speak and we pray for leaders, God. Navigate them, convict those that need to be convicted, God. Um, God, if there needs to be change in the mind, the heart, the strategy that you will, God, not only bring revelation, but God, bring those that will be able to speak to them uh, with sound wisdom and sound counsel in this season. God, we say, God, that you protect shepherds in this season, protect the people in this season. Well, God, let us not want to be culture-friendly, but let us want to be kingdom-seeking. God, we want to be in a position where, God, we can hear your voice clearly to be able to navigate, to impact not only just the four walls of a building, but the community that we are assigned to are, are and those that we have been called to. God, we want to be not only those people that will lead those to Christ, but let us help grow and disciple. Do not let our ministries be handicapped, but let us be the fullness of what you'll call our churches to be at. God, we thank you today, God, that you're raising up people that will be bold enough to speak the word of the Lord with uh, boldness and strength as you has called us to be, God. Let us not be timid on the word of God, but Lord God, thank you for the swiftness and the cleaning that you're doing in the house of God. 
Thank you, Brother God. Those are leaders that you are emerging and raising up in this season. God, let it be um, a mandate of uh, of consecration for leaders in this season. Well, God, let there be things that we be sharpened on, strengthened on, God. Um, God, give us divine wisdom. God, God, let this be a time that, God, let us restore back what it means to be a worshiper, a house of God where the glory of God is sought, sought after. And God, we give you the glory, we give you the honor for it and the praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name, and we say it is so. And it is so. In Jesus' name. Listen, I hope you all have, I don't even want to say enjoyed this podcast. I really hope that you all have taken heed to some of the things that we have said. Yeah, we got to joke and laugh at the beginning, but it became very serious as it should have been as we talked about the things of God. The reason I don't want to do the banter is because this is too heavy to me to then go back into some jokey joke. I thought we could, but Don, it was too heavy and it was too, too important. I want you to go out with this word in your spirit. Pastor JC dropped some serious, valuable nuggets to understand as it relates to the body of Christ, the house of God, the sanctity of the things of God that we need to restore back to its rightful place prayer and the things that Pastor Jay has said take to heart don't let this occasion that you have enjoyed the Real Talk podcast with the crazy pastors group, don't let this be an occasion lost on let it be something that you take to heart that changes you that causes you to seek God like never before that you don't become like us nor do you become like Lot's wife. That you are not moved and dead and killed because of the idiocy of leadership, nor are you turned and your heart kept to the past because you can't get over the things that God is trying to deliver you from. Allow this to be the thing that changes you. We would love for that to happen. It's not about attending any one of our churches or calling any one of us pastor I believe we all have the same kind of heart which is for the things of God, the kingdom of God and the expansion of the kingdom that changes lives saves souls and expands his kingdom to do what God has called us to do please make sure you catch us the next time around, I'm not going to deal with necessarily where you can find us just know you can find us where you find us we're on Facebook, there on Instagram we're also on YouTube you can find us, I promise you it's not hard but I pray that your life will be different. I pray that you feel the things that, the, that, that we as the men of God have placed before you. And that your life will never be the same again. I do my clothes like I do with a high praise. Know that we love you. We bless God for you. Right now we're out of time but not out of word. And until we meet again, we encourage you to grow in God's grace. And abide in his love. God bless you. Amen. And amen again.